0: Everyone, this is Dr. Liz and you're listening to Include with Dr. Liz. This show is about everyone. All people, including you. It's about people and their diverse lived experience in this world. I chat with guests to get to know them, their identities and their inclusion needs, so we all have an opportunity to understand how best to include them. So together, we can create a world where everyone thrives. Carlos is a trustworthy, fun-loving, linguistic minority, sometimes distracted father and employment specialist. Assisting newcomers to Canada to establish their career in Canada, Carlos has a permanent injury and physical disability. Oh, and, and Carlos's least favourite food is fish. <laughs> Perhaps this has something to do with once being attacked by a shark. Oh, goodness. Welcome, Carlos.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Uh, you're attacked by a shark?
1: Yeah. So when I was uh, 15 years old in 1994, in July 1994, I was um, surfing in, in Brazil, probably like um, a few Um, meters from my house and then I had an encounter um, that uh, changed my life forever so from that point forward I became someone without uh, a limb my left foot was gone and uh, now I'm 43 and uh, it's been you know so many years that I, I don't even remember how was life before that
0: Wow. Okay. Well, that's obviously only part of you. And I sent you a survey to complete before today. And there was a long list of identities and you picked five from memory. What were they?
1: Well, I'm male, I working um, parent, uh, linguistic minority, physical disability and permanent injury.
0: So are the disabilities and the permanent injury all connected together from um, losing your left foot?
1: Yes, because it's not something temporary.
0: I know you're only 15 and it's been a while now, but mm-hmm. tell me what the process is like to not only go through quite a traumatic event in itself, but also come to terms with having, losing lost a limb.
1: The curious thing is that I've never had this thought about um, being traumatized by the this this event, but then... You know when you when you start reading about trauma and stuff like uh, you you see that you fit into the description so basically i think my uh, and, and it's still something that it's uh is still here uh, uh on me and in me and um uh but basically um i was very shy or ashamed let's say of my new condition i didn't want to People to see me this way, so it was for a long period of my life. I was it was something that I I was not sharing much. As I said, like now that I'm 43, uh, I'm more comfortable. But I'm still. Um, I'll give you an example. If I'm going to a party and there is a pool and people are getting the, into the pool, and you know it's uh and it's people that I'm kinda. Close to me, let's say it's my girlfriend's family or friends or whatever. I will I will not remove my prosthet- prosthetic leg to go inside the, the the swimming pool. I'll just you know like even if I want, I will not do it because it's like being naked. That's the that's the closest description I can tell. Is like be being naked. You know when when I have my 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 prosthetic off. That's how I feel. So it's like something for very few people that I'll be comfortable in that situation.
0: Okay. I mean, that's certainly something for us to consider when we have someone around us that does have a prosthetic limb. How are we including them in activities and how are we making sure they feel comfortable? I, uh, I do have a friend that has a prosthetic leg and she flaunts it. She has tattoo sleeves even for the leg. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is for her because it obviously it looks great with the tattoo sleeve on it, Mm -hmm. but she also likes to be able to educate other people um, because she's an athlete Mm -hmm. uh, and just to be able to see that that is just part of her and not the whole of her. Now we actually talked about this when we first um, met around. So you're in Canada. And Mm -hmm. you have a Brazilian accent and I'm in the U.S. with an Australian accent. So Mm -hmm. talking about being a linguistic minority. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me about your experience. Why did you move to Canada in the first place?
1: Well, Brazil has uh, its problems. Uh, It's a beautiful country with amazing people, amazing food. (laughs) Um, But uh, there is a social, um, historical, you know, social uh, disparity which causes a, a lot of issues, especially urban violence. So uh, this was my main reason. I had the opportunity to come to 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 Canada as a permanent resident to try, you know, a new a new life. Um, I had a, I had an amazing job back in the day, and I quit to 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 move to Canada because I thought that uh would be uh, a one you know a unique opportunity mm-hmm. um and also uh looking now for example you know I have my son and uh just the fact of course for some people these might sound very weird but it's like a, just the fact that I can you know take him for a walk without without being concerned about you know being robed um, so it's it's a very, like uh, you go around and you see the houses, they don't have fences or anything like high walls. Like this is what we have in Brazil, like electric fences, you know, around your house just to keep you safe from whatever is outside. So the fact that you can go around and just um, enjoy your life being peace, uh, that's that's great. On the other side, of course, you have a lot of uh, downsides, which is uh, you'll be... uh, Away from your family, away from your friends, the language, the food, the things that you are familiar with, um, and uh, you can, you can start questioning your decisions. You know, wow, what I'm doing here? Isn't that <laughs> yes? It's just. Uh, but then it's like I go to Brazil and then I spend like two weeks and then okay, I remember why I, I left. Laugh, <laughs> I feel that here is home and. Okay. You know, and there is a place to go and visit and enjoy, and then and then just come,
0: yeah,
1: just come back.
0: How were your English language skills before you moved to Canada? Uh,
1: my my English skills were very limited at the time. Like, um, I I had the opportunity to practice. I I would say playing online. Like, I I'm an avid gamer, so I I, I would be playing online and speaking to people from different parts of the world, you know, like Europe, the U.S., Canada. Um, But when I arrived here, it was very uh, challenging um, because my first job here, I I got this job because I I have Portuguese as my first language. So basically, the company was a video game company. We were dealing with uh, clients from Brazil, customers from Brazil. Uh, in Portuguese but of course English was something important because you had to you know deal uh the everyday thing in the office and things like that but the uh, basically the entire the entire team that I was part of they were Brazilian so we were speaking Portuguese all the time so that was a barrier like uh, was something that was lowing me down um because I said, okay, I have to get into an environment that I can speak English 100% of the time. Otherwise, I will rely on Portuguese um, to get a job. So then after a year, I decided to, you know, apply for other jobs. And then I got, uh, I went to this organization that uh, uh, at the time they, they helped um, people with disabilities to find employment. So I went there as a client, and then they saw my experience, and they offered me a job to work for them as a job developer. And since then, like a, that, um, situation or that opportunity, turned you know my my career into in in a different direction. Like, a, mm-hmm. you know, I came from marketing and tourism and marketing, and now I'm 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 working in employment services since then
0: and you're applying all of your lived experience it sounds like in those roles
1: oh yes because right now like the the role that i'm right now um i help newcomers to canada to establish their career uh here um and uh being a newcomer myself is something that um make make things easier um, because you can say, okay, I know what you're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. I know your struggles. I know the challenges. It's not someone that, uh, you know, like, um, when you're a Canadian born, uh, of course, you still have a lot to add in a conversation like that, but you don't have like an international, you know, international credentials. Uh, you, you don't have English as a sec- a second language, your education, all everything is not Canadian. You don't have a local network, so there are many challenges there. That uh, you know, being a newcomer and supporting newcomers is something that you can relate, and people feel more people feel safer. And and after some time working with us, they feel more confident when they apply for jobs.
0: So I want to tap into that lived experience of yours and see if you can provide us some advice or tips for those that were already um, born and lived there and they're welcoming in people to the country, what are some of the supports that they can provide? How can they be helpful um, and you know, provide opportunities?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it should depend on your, on your situation. If you're a Canadian and you, are, you have professional experience, this is one thing that you can do. You can help people sharing uh, your professional experience and giving, providing uh, newcomers with advice, mm-hmm. um, and this is going to be, you know, um, uh, amazing. It's a, 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 it's this is something that uh, you know clients become really, really grateful for that. If you are, you know, someone that okay, I don't have this professional experience, how can I help? Um, uh, from my perspective, one of the things uh, again, uh, English being my second language or not being my, my native language I think one opportunity that um, is extremely valuable is to practice the language but at least for me is like um, if you commit a mistake a grammar mistake you know it's good that you say okay I understood but you don't say this way you say that way because if you don't say anything, and here in Canada people are like that, like, oh no, you speak fine, and then you keep speaking the same thing wrong, you know. Yeah. And okay, if you're an informal conversation, it's okay. But when you go to a professional conversation, you have to get uh, the best of you uh, when it comes to the grammar, right? Like uh, because people, okay, this person is going to be representing my company, and I don't want someone with a broken English. Right. So um of course the accent will be there. You're gonna be committing some mistakes. I commit mistakes all the time, grammar mistakes, but I, I'm aware that I everybody can understand me. Um uh, my communication is clear. Sometimes here and there, I, I will kind of uh, be a little bit challenging for me to express myself because of a, a keyword that I can't remember or I don't know. But as I said, like uh, you know, for me at least, and I, I think would be Uh, wise to any newcomer to accept these advices when they come and say hey I got what you said what you have said but uh, if you want to say this tell this way because uh, you know the correct way so then when you get these advice you kind of memorize at least that's what happens to me.
0: I have never thought to do that because I think in my mind I'm so impressed that this person can speak more than one language that I'm just grateful that they can speak mine. So I wouldn't even think to correct them because Mm -hmm. I think they're just amazing for being able to do what they can already do. So I'm going to take that on board. Uh, (laughs) I probably would preface that for others to make sure that when you are correcting people, make sure you're correcting them with grace.
1: Be kind and
0: compassionate in your
1: feedback. Exactly. So it's the way you provide the feedback, right? Like uh, some people, like uh, you don't say, like, uh, what? I can't understand what you're saying. Or then you are like, uh, then you are traumatizing that person. Like uh, that person will be like, uh, you know, in a defensive mode, Mm -hmm. uh, not willing to talk or sharing much. Um, But once you say, okay, uh, oh, yeah, I understand what you're saying, say, you know what? Like when you said this, maybe you can try this way and then you can say i'm just telling you this just to you improve you know your english skills so you
0: all right so i want to go back to looking at um what it's like coming into a new country that really does have different cultural norms um Mm -hmm. what was that like for you trying to adapt to a new culture
1: um there are some differences for example in the workplace um, it's a very different from Brazil. People are, people are very friendly in Canada, right? Uh, people, they are always willing to help and things like that. So they'll make everything to, to make you welcome. Um, but that's it. Like a, that's, there is nothing outside from the office. Um, in Brazil, we are very like, uh, if, I, if, I, if I get to know you in the work environment, you become my friend outside of the work environment as well. Hmm. So we have that, like, uh, we are going to like, uh, okay, if I, if I really like you, so you know what, like, uh, this weekend, I'm going to have a barbecue. Why don't you just hmm. stop by, you know? So we are like that, like, uh, we are very open in that, in that sense. So I think that the work environment was something very different for me. I'm not saying that it's, it's a bad or good, it's, it's just different. Right, Mm -hmm. like it's different values
0: when we immigrate into another country. Mm -hmm. Um, work tends to be as an adult, work tends to be the place where you're going to meet new people, and Mm -hmm. friendships and socialization is really important. So, if you go into Canada and they're not asking you over for a barbecue on the weekend, I'm guessing that makes it a little hard to create connectedness.
1: Yes, yes, you're right, and that's the struggle.
0: Perhaps we could then suggest that if you notice that there are others in the workplace that are new to the country um, or new to the city, even just Mm -hmm. be open to even having lunch with them at work or having a social conversation with them.
1: And that's great because it's like uh, sometimes I because I don't have, you know, that many people to talk to. When we have, like, at work, for example, I uh, we, uh, well, before COVID, and now we're kind of getting back to normal. Um, but we usually had, like, you know, a group of people having lunch for uh, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and then we'd be laughing and sharing stories. You know, I would share a story from my, you know, my own experience back in my home country, and other people would compare and things like that so in my in my in my um in my workplace we are very diverse right we have people from different countries so we can share like a, even even to break some uh assumptions that we have so I'm always talking and and asking things to learn from from them and uh and it's beautiful to be in a in a in a diverse environment where you can get so many different perspectives um and it's great, you know, and, and we sometimes we have clients that they come and they speak different language. And then we say, OK, who speaks Arabic? OK, this guy who speaks Portuguese, this, who speaks Spanish. And then we have all people there.
0: What a beautiful melting pot.
1: Yes, it <laughs>
0: is. A prosthetic limb is a mm-hmm. very visible disability. So we mm-hmm. talk about. Sometimes with disability being something that's visible and something that's invisible. Now, mm-hmm. sure, you said that you try to cover it up so that mm-hmm. it's not something that people can see. Yeah. So if someone sees your physical disability and they're curious, mm-hmm. can they ask you what happened?
1: For uh, to me, it's not a problem at all. What I don't like specifically is like people staring at me and pointing this is something that uh i have never experienced here in canada but in brazil people are very indiscreet in this sense but i have no problem people like uh, i had like a children come and they, they they touch and and stuff i i have no problem with that i remember the other day i was with my son and there was this guy and then i said you know excuse me you have a, a Prosthetic arm and stuff. Like I, I had a, I have a prosthetic leg too. And so it was like almost like uh, you know, we are part of the same team. <laughs> and then we start sharing, like, uh, you know, like, uh, can you show me? Like, and then he was showing me. And, and how long have you been? You know, and these type of things. And so again, answer mm-hmm. your question. Approaching me would never be a problem, but these will vary from people mm-hmm. from person to person.
0: Now, you're telling me that story about you seeing someone else's prosthetic limb made you feel like you belonged, like you're part of a club. Yes. Doesn't that perhaps become a learning moment for you that maybe you could be wearing shorts, for instance, and being more uh, obvious about your prosthetic uh-huh. limb so others get the same experience?
1: Yes. So, so, so here's the thing like, uh, I am very. I don't care. Like this is a mindset that I have created a few years ago. Um, that uh, okay, you know, you you have one life, enjoy your life, and I don't care about what other people think. So that's the mentality that I try to keep um, when I'm going out and in doing things. So when I have people that are, they are totally strangers, I don't have a problem. If I have, let's say. Me, my girlfriend, and there are some friends that she brought. For example, okay, I know them, but uh, you know, not at this level that I can take off my leg. So I will be sitting by the beach all day without going inside the water because I know there are people there. And and I think in my head is more like, uh, okay, why, uh, why is this person like, uh, why is she with this guy? This guy doesn't have a leg and stuff. That's the things that I like, come to my head i think um i don't want people judging me that i'm less maybe what could
0: i do if i was there at that beach with you Uh uh-huh what could i do to make it clear to you that you weren't being judged is there anything that i could do to make you feel safe and comfortable
1: ah that's a good question um i think if you can say in advance that uh Listen, if you want to take off your leg, like I'm totally used. I have a friend, like you said, I have a friend. So when you say that you're familiar with the thing, it's not a, it's not a shock for you or not going like, to be judgmental, then I would feel better about it. You know, when people tell stories like I've been there or whatever, then you say, oof, okay, great. So then you, you relax. It's, uh, and it's interesting to have this conversation because like, people can be aware. Um, you know, and then they can come with this approach. If you tell me, listen, Carlos, just go ahead. Like, uh, I have no problem. I have a friend also that has like, uh, we are totally fine. You know, if you need help as well, did you would you like to go jumping? Do you like to me to carry your prosthetic back here? It's fine, boom. And then I said, wow, that's amazing. You know, like, uh, that's great. Thank you. And then I would, I would make a decision, but, uh, I, I, I would, I would definitely be more comfortable with that.
0: Great advice for everyone, I think, there. One of the great things that you suggested today that I think is really powerful and that we are all, all of us, no matter our our identity, are all in a position to be able to fulfill is that role of mentor to others. Yes. So no matter how experienced or inexperienced we are, Mm -hmm. each of us have more experience than someone else in something.
1: Yes, true.
0: So did anyone mentor you?
1: Well, I had like uh, when I lost my limb, I had people visiting me and sharing their experience, showing their prosthetic leg, what what you could do with uh, you know, what uh, the limitations and uh, things that I would keep still doing. Like, you know, you can ride a bike, for example, it's not a problem. Uh, you can do these. You could, uh, of course, there are some things that. Uh, you'll be more limited or you need a specific type of prosthetic leg, like if you want to run and things like that, but it's possible. It's there. You can adapt. Uh, So I had that. I had people coming to my house at that point. Um, Coming to Canada, I am very... uh, you know like uh, i i don't have any problem reaching out to people and ask them you know things and oh let's go for a coffee i mean i don't drink coffee but let's go and, and <laughs> drink something and chat and so i i had that like uh, even in brazil like i was reaching out to people on linkedin and try to to get to know them and once i came here i met these people and we chat and just to ask for advice like what to do what to avoid um so so I had these in the past, and as you said, like uh, people living here will have more experience. So that is extremely important when you have the opportunity to learn from someone from their experience, Um, even though each person has their own experience, You kind of have to have that filter and say, okay, this is extremely important. This is something that I have to take into consideration. Again, teaching people, helping people, sharing your experience is always valuable.
0: So let's just say, if you had some tips for people uh, on how to best meet your needs and include someone like you in the workforce. So someone that has a disability, uh, a physical disability, someone that is an immigrant and English is their second language any big top tips?
1: Yeah. First of all, having a diverse environment is something that makes things like, oh, I, I'm going to work with this guy. And I see that English is not his first language, right? Like uh, you see, and he's communicating, doing his thing and stuff. And then you, okay. It's a relief, right? Um, and knowing that, uh, you know, the uh, the manager admires, like, uh, you know, the, the fact that you came from another country, starting a new life and Making you feel welcome, making that uh, you're um, making clear that your language is not a barrier. for me I'm, I'm I'm repeating language, language, language because it was my challenge.
0: I want to thank you so much for your contributions today for our listeners. i I really want to rehighlight the point about us taking the responsibility of being mentors to others. I just think mm-hmm. if we approach that with whether it's newcomers and immigrants, whether it's just new people into the organization, people that reach out to you on LinkedIn, just asking for advice, yeah. that's being more inclusive, isn't it? It's it's actually yeah. trying yeah. to create a world environment where everyone can thrive.
1: Yeah. I think, I think people should be more open to get to know other people. Like I've seen some discussions on LinkedIn people like, Oh, I don't accept people that I don't know LinkedIn and say, well, here like we were connected right like for some reason probably for because of disabilities and inclusion stuff like that we had something in common we don't know each other but then there was an opportunity now to share something right like we are we are running this podcast right now so I think people miss a lot of opportunities if you just stick to what you know and if you do like that way, okay, is your choice, but I think you're going to miss a lot, you know. Oh, such a good
0: point. I mean, I hadn't ever looked at it that way before because if it's <laughs> only people you know, then it's only the yeah. people you cross paths with. And if you have a really homogenous group of people around you, then
1: yeah.
0: you're not going to be expanding your network and um, understanding of others. Again, thank you, Carlos. Um, we're going to have to cut it there.
1: Okay. Thank you for having me.